Look, through the first six weeks, the, the, the Chiefs offense was fine. It was just the turnovers. They've now sort of been crappy for two games in a row. And I'm going to say something I never thought I'd say. But Mahomes might be part of the problem right now. Welcome into another episode of The Chop Shop. I'm Trey Wingo here alongside my good buddy, Mark Schlereth. Here in The Chop Shop, we're partnering once again with our friends at Mercedes-Benz Sprinter Vans. Hey, when was the last time you seriously considered your dreams? I mean, come on, you used to think about them all the time. What happened? I say it's time that you and your dreams got back together. I mean, think about it. You could live the van life in a totally customized Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. You could tour all 423 national parks, build a mountain cabin with your dad, or even start up your own business. Really, whatever you want to dream up. And it's a Mercedes-Benz van we're talking about here, kids. So expect innovative safety features like crosswind assist and blind spot assist. Expect amazing performance and reliability with an MBUX voice command system, a five-star dealer network, and an available gas engine. It runs like, well, a dream. So what do you say? Head to the Mercedes-Benz dealership and get that Sprinter van. Tell them your dream sent you. Hey, everyone, what's up? Welcome into another edition of The Chop Shop, where my good friend Mark Schlereth and I break down what we saw in week eight of the NFL's regular season, where we take games down to the studs, try and tell you what things really mean and what's really important. And before we go anywhere, Mark, let me just say, kudos to you, my good man, for wearing your Mr. Incredible outfit halftime of the game that you called Sunday uh, as your Halloween costume. It was well done. No, I appreciate that very much, Trey. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's funny because I said, hey, man, I'm going to bring a Halloween outfit. And everybody's like, you are? And I go, yeah, what the heck? You know, if the game, like, and you always think to yourself, if the game is, like, really important or something really good's going on, then I won't do it. But it was Washington and Denver. I mean, these <laughs> these two teams, like, that was the most entertaining thing that happened during that game. So I was like, yes, Accurate. this is the time to do it. So, yeah, I, uh, I put it on, and uh, and then I had it. Of course, you, know, you have to wait till the first commercial break until you can take that thing off because you can't take it off because you go right into it. So I, yeah. I wore the Mister Incredible outfit until the uh, first uh, the till the first commercial break happened. I had the I had the little eye patch on and everything. It was great. Careful, there could be chafing if you keep it on that long. Um, yeah, that's right. So sp- speaking of being chafed, uh, let's talk about Tennessee here for a minute because three straight wins. Big wins against AFC opponents. They took down the Colts on Sunday after beating the Bills and the Chiefs. They have a 6-2 and two record, best record in the AFC, largest division lead in the AFC, and they're in real trouble because it looks like Derrick Henry is now in all likelihood lost for the rest of the regular season. And I don't know, Mark, if there's – and you use this term all the time to perfection. Derrick Henry is the actuator of everything mm-hmm. that Tennessee wants to do offensively. I'm not sure if there's one player that means more – to that team's entire offensive structure than Derrick Henry does to Tennessee. Yeah, you know, when you talk about MVPs, right? I mean, isn't that, isn't that what the MVP definition really should be? Is yes. What you do for your team to make your team successful. And I'll go back to that Kansas City game where they won 27-3. to And in that game, Derrick Henry had 29 carries for like 89 yards. I mean, he averaged like three yards a carry, Trey. And... Like, you want to talk about a, a philosophical approach to playing football, right? We're going to give our running back the, the the ball 29 times in a day and age where most teams just can't wait for the running game to be shut down, where most teams can't wait for two, uh, like three two-yard runs, throw their hands up and go, oh, screw it, we can't run the ball. Let's throw it every down. That's not how the Tennessee Titans are constructed. 
They want a hard play action. They want to run the football, use the hard play action, get their quarterback out on the edge. I mean, that's how they're constructed. And, you know, people talk about this injury just being the season. Maybe we'll get him back for the playoffs. He's 250 pounds. Yeah. And when you hurt a foot, man, and you're 250 and you do the things he does, that just scares me for your career. So I don't know that you just shut him down. You don't shut him down for the whole season and just say, hey, listen, we'll get you back next year, but you're not going to come out of, of this injury, um, you know, surgery on your foot. I'm sure they're putting a pin in that foot and say, now you're good to go at 250 in the kind of physical structure that you have. Yeah, listen, this has always been the concern about Derrick Henry, right? Because he's just an insane monster. And eventually you wonder about the pounding and the wear and tear and, and like feet and ankle injuries and more careers, hell, toes can end toes. more careers than, than right. people know about because it's all there's all that pressure on that foot, ankle, or toe every time you step onto the field. There's there's no way around the pound. Yeah, the 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 pressure per square inch. When you're 250, and I mean, that guy runs like he outruns DBs all the time at 252, whatever he is. I mean, he's, he's yeah. a huge man. And so, you think about the, the just the overall pounds per square inch of force torque you put on that injury. I mean, come on, you, you talk about toe injuries. Didn't that end Deion Sanders' career? A toe injury, correct? Like, essentially, yes, oh, yeah, essentially, yep. just so it is. It's a concern. And if you're the Tennessee Titans, it would be a huge concern for me to even think about bringing him back. Okay, so they do sign Adrian Peterson, which, by the way, schematically I like because Adrian Peterson is a smaller version of Derrick Henry, for lack of a better term, but he was always a power runner, right? Mm -hmm. He's going to try and do the same things that Derrick Henry did, but who knows what Adrian Peterson is like at this point. Yeah, that's – I mean, you always think, hey, Adrian Peterson can roll out of bed and, and be better than you. You know, I mean, that's just – that's yeah. that's where I would be with that. It's but a given. Yeah. Right. You've got to like, I don't even know the rest of the guys on that roster because why would you? They give Derrick Henry 29 carries. Like, why would you even know who else? Is Hilliard? He just sounds small yeah. to me. I don't, I don't even know what he, I don't know how he's built, but Hilliard yeah. sounds small to me. Um, yeah. And so I, you know, I start looking at the trade market that, where that is, maybe a, uh, maybe a Gordon out of Denver, you know, maybe uh, who knows, but um, we'll see exactly, we'll see exactly what happens. But, this is just this is just one of those things that just is a gut punch if you're the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I'm really curious to see how they weather this storm going forward. So Tennessee is all about the loss of one player. Mark, another team is about the addition of one player. And let me just say, you know, the late great Jim Fossil, when he was coaching the New York Giants, said, I'm all in. I'm putting my chips yeah. in the center of the table. We are going to the playoffs. The Rams do not care about draft picks. And they are tossing more of them away, a couple of second-round picks, to Denver to bring over Von Miller. Now, j just so people understand, okay, when he came into the league in 2011, over that time frame, Von Miller has more sacks than anybody in the NFL. He's now paired with Aaron Donald, who came into the league in 2014 and has more sacks than anybody else in the NFL over that time frame. And just for fun, let's throw in Jalen Ramsey and everybody else with that Rams defense. I mean, this is – you could not have a more all-in move for the Rams, who, by the way, you could make a very compelling argument before the trade for Vaughn were probably the best team in the NFC. Yeah. Um, there, there's a couple things that intrigue me here. Number one, I love – like, I came up with Washington, and Bobby Bether drafted me. Joe Gibbs was the head coach. They had a philosophy uh, when it came to the draft. We will trade unknown players, or we will trade uh, – 
known commodities for unknown commodities, right? Correct. Like we don't know what a draft pick is going to become. And let's face it, 50% of the draft picks that are even taken in the first round are are failures. You know, they don't they don't amount to much. So I, I love the Rams philosophy. Screw it. We're going to get players we know are good already. Like we, we don't yeah. care about those other guys. I love that about where they are right now. Number two, Aaron Donald is one of one. Aaron, you have to get four hands on Aaron Donald at all time. And I went back because I did back-to-back Giants games. So I had the Giants-Rams. And as much as I just was – as much as I praised Aaron Donald during the course of that game and just, I mean, just showered him with love, I went back and watched that game, the coaches tape, and I'm like, damn, I missed – I he – he, he doesn't have to compile a stat. He doesn't have to make a tackle. He doesn't yeah. have to make a tackle for loss. He doesn't have to make a sack. And he ruins the game. I mean, ruins the game. So that's a guy you got to get four hands on. You got to double team him every time. You got Leonard Floyd on one side. Now Vaughn Miller becomes, you know, even if he's just a situational pass rusher. And you mentioned Ramsey on the back end. And plus then, not, you know, Ramsey notwithstanding, you got a bunch of young players in the secondary right now. Do you know how much that produces confidence for them? Like, okay, you're telling me I only have to cover for 1.2 seconds before one of those three guys is putting yeah. pressure on your quarterback? I'm in. Like, I, I'm in. I yeah. tell you what, this to me is a it's a phenomenal move by the Rams. And speaking of that, real quick, George Payton of the Broncos, like they're paying nine million of Vaughn's salary. So essentially, what you said is, okay, we'll give you a we'll get a third rounder in return for Vaughn Miller. And then we're going to pay you $9 million to have your second rounder as well. Like, we'll take yeah. that second rounder. Here's $9 million. Thank you. Well, l- listen, there's a couple things there. I, I, first of all, I, I, kudos to Denver. Like, they could have said, no, let's try and do whatever we can to potentially get the seventh seed in the AFC. I think they realized, okay, if we get that this year, great. But let's do something that strengthens our organization going forward and gives us more draft capital to maybe move and make some trades and who knows, maybe upgrade our quarterback situation in the offseason with Aaron Rodgers. Right. I don't know. You know, they, I think they made a smart decision there. But the, I mean, well, let listen. Me, let me comment ahead, on that really quick because yeah, I think yeah, yeah, you're 100% yeah. right. I think, I think this yeah. is George Payton saying, uh, the new general manager of the Denver Broncos. Uh, Vic Fangio said, hey, listen, I want uh, I want multiple cornerbacks. Let's go out and get uh, Ronald Darby. Let's go out and get uh, Kyle Fuller. Let's go out and draft Pat Sertan. Let's, let's do all this stuff. That, and he goes, okay, I'll give you all that stuff. I'll give you all that stuff. And then he goes, we're four and four, and the eyeball test tells me we stink. We're not very yeah. good at four and four. Yeah. Vic, I gave you all this. I'll give you all this stuff. You didn't you didn't parlay that into a good enough record to retain that stuff. You're gonna be gone. Before you know it, um, at least at the end of the season, but maybe by the bye week, you're no longer going to be the head coach here. You didn't produce the George giveth and the George taketh away. And now I'm taking things away from you because I'm going to build this this franchise for the future. And by the way, you're not going to be a part of it. Yeah. And and just the all-in thing on the Rams, like Les Snead and company, like most people hang on to that draft capital. And it is, look, they've been doing this ever since they took Jared Goff, right? Uh, they 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 had the Jared Goff pick, and ever since then they've been trading away picks for Brandon Cooks or you know Todd not Todd Gurley you know anybody they they have they have thrown right. away these first round draft picks to bring in talent, and you know what people say it's crazy it's working for them 
Okay, it's working for them. They've been in the playoffs every one of these years. They've gotten to a Super Bowl, and they certainly look like not only with what they have on defense, but with what Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford playing in an MVP level look like on offense. They certainly look like the the front runner in the NFC. They've already beaten the Bucks. Right. And by the way, could you imagine we went how many years? Fifty. I guess it was fifty-four years without a team winning a Super Bowl in their home stadium. And it could be yep. back-to-back years where teams yeah. win Super Bowls in their home stadium. I mean, it's just it's yeah. crazy. And I know it's not that often that you play in your home stadium, but uh, it's crazy that it could happen back-to-back years. Absolutely insane. And the other thing that was sort of the rule of the week was the most important position or the second most important position in football might be the one you never hope you use. And that's your backup quarterback, right? Right. Well, we saw three examples this weekend of that backup coming through and finding the way to get it done in very different ways. Let's start with the Sunday night game. Cooper Rush is a five-year vet, finally gets a chance to play, and comes through on the road in Minnesota with a game-winning drive, throwing a five-yard touchdown to Amari Cooper with 51 seconds left, throws for over 300 yards, has two touchdowns. Like It was exactly what the Cowboys needed, and Cooper delivered in the biggest moment possible. There's no question. And on that final drive, and it looked as though the Vikings, you know, they drive down, they get a score, a field goal, they go up. It looks to me like, hey, man, this game is over. You hand it over to Cooper Rush. And I don't know, this this to me is always, like culture is one of the hardest things in the world to build, right? Culture, is it's not static. It's alive, and you got to work on it every day. And a lot of teams talk about culture, but then – when all of a sudden it doesn't fit or they need to make an addition or they need to do something, they get away from what they preach to the players and the players are just like, oh, you guys are full of crap, right? And it just ruins your franchise. Here's culture for me. This is why you pay Dak Prescott. Did you see him in the tunnel celebrating Cooper Rush? Like this is what I love about, what I love about sports, what I love about football is this doesn't happen in real life very often. When you celebrate somebody else's success like it was your own, like that is special, right? When you're so happy for somebody that they have success and you don't have a jealous bone in your body about it, you're truly ecstatic for that person. And that shows you the leadership that Dak Prescott, that, that to me is worth its weight in gold. And if I'm a coach, I grab that clip and I sit my team down Saturday before their next game against the Broncos. And I play it for him. And I go, this is this is what wins championships. Not talent, not speed, not 40 times, not what guys look like in their underpants. That's not it. This is what wins championships. People who are sold out for each other. And it's, it's one of the most beautiful things I've seen. Yeah, it really was. And speaking of selling out, you have to give it up for Trevor Simeon and the Saints and Sean Payton. When Jameis Winston went down, let's be honest, Trevor Simeon's their third-string quarterback, okay? Taysom Hill is supposed mm-hmm. to be that guy. Uh, he's still going through concussion protocol. I, I think he he's on track to be ready to go this week. Jameis is out for the year with the torn ACL. That was an amazing win. For for the Tampa for the uh, for the Saints over the Bucks because it is Simeon, uh, you know, as your third string quarter, quarterback. But that defense rose to the occasion, Mark, against a very talented uh, Tampa Bay offense. And I just could not have been more proud uh, of what Sean Payton and his coaching staff was able to do. And only their second home game in their home stadium because at, at the Caesars Superdome because of everything that's gone on with the Hurricanes. Trevor Simeon is better than Tom Brady. Mark it down. <laughs> Headline. <laughs> hey, man, 
Trevor Simeon's been bouncing around since the time he was here in Denver, and I thought that that guy could be. And, yeah. yeah, I thought he could be good, and then he just got. I mean, he got the the living snot beat out of him here in Denver. Then the Jets, he broke his leg, and then I mean, guy has been bouncing around. He came off, and here's one thing I'll say about Trevor Simeon: he knows, he understands, he's really smart. He understands the offense. He knows where he's supposed to go with the football. Um, and he did a phenomenal job, even though his percentage you know, was like 56% completion-wise. Man, he was on point, um, and he got the ball out of his hands. I thought he was really – I thought he was really – I just – it was exceptional. And you're right about the defense. And, man, Sean Payton – I just get the sense that Sean Payton is re-energized. I did one game early. Yeah. But just all of a sudden, Drew Brees is gone. And Sean said something to me a couple of years ago that has really stuck with me. It's not just about attacking somebody's weakness. All coaches want to attack weaknesses. What sets you apart is your ability to mitigate your own weaknesses. And so don't put a player in a position to fail because he's going to fail if you do that. And so I feel like it's a challenge for Sean to go, man, a lot of people told me Taysom Hill can't be a starting quarterback in this league. And I probably picked Jameis Winston because Taysom – Gives us so much versatility in all right. the other things. I mean, he's a Y tight end, an F tight end, an F slot receiver, a fullback, a tailback, and all these things he does. But I really get this sense that he's going to be the starting quarterback of the Saints, and Sean Payton's going to go. You know, I'm going to shove it up all your cans because watch how watch how I set this kid up for success. And also, we got to give it up for Mike White. Came through with a big performance for the Jets against the Bengals. Really a trap game for a young Bengals team trying to figure out a way to win after the huge win in Baltimore the week before. But Mike White right now is running that offense way better than Zach Wilson has been, the second overall pick. I don't Even when Zach is healthy, if Mike White is still playing like this, he deserves to see how far he can take this. It's not even close right now. And, and there's an old West Coast term, and they're in a, a, a legitimate, you know, solid Lafleur over there is a West Coast guy, right? Kyle Shanahan disciple. And there's this term, you throw it with your feet. And so when I watch the foot energy of, of Mike White and, and the way he set up, Trey, man, that ball was out on time 100% of the time. And it's, and it's this. So they always tell you, you know, route combinations, first day combinations like curl burst or, you know, two jet dragon or, you know, whatever the combination is, right? You hit that fifth step and you're dropping. It's, it goes da 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 and you hit that fifth step, ball's out. That's, that's progression number one. If that ball doesn't out, if that guy's not open, hitch. So you take a step up. So it's da 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 stop, hitch once. Second, second, uh, you know, the second progression in your route combination. Now uh, that's not open. Bam, hitch again, third step, and then find the check down. And I, I'm telling you, he hit that top step and the ball was out almost like eight, like out right now. And then if it wasn't open, it was the second, it was the first hitch. Bam, the ball is out. Like the way he orchestrated that offense, it was on the receiver while guys were still backpedaling in their drops against zone. I mean, it was, I thought he was amazing. He looked amazing to me. And so I was, and this is how much of a junkie I am. I went specifically and watched that freaking game because I'm a loser just to see exactly <laughs> what he looked like. And I was like, this kid is, this kid is phenomenal. I, yeah. I mean, I was totally enthused. Yeah, going back to when he had to fill in for Zach the previous game, he, he had a streak of 15 straight completions. You know, I mean, he he was more than up to the task. All right, why don't we take a quick break here in the Chop Shop. When we come back, we'll talk about, once again, the big lie we heard in week one that Aaron Rodgers doesn't care. Back with Mark Slareth right after this. No two dreams are the same. 
but there is one van equipped to handle them all. For over 120 years, Mercedes-Benz vans have been built, upfitted, and ready to go because we believe dreams should never stay that way because those who find their passion drive their passion. So you can stop following your dreams and start driving them. All right, back with Mark Schlereth on this edition of The Chop Shop. Time for our Mercedes-Benz Dream Week segment. And the dream, apparently, for every NFC team was that Aaron Rodgers didn't care. That's what we all heard week one. And then ever since then, all he's done is go on to play very, very well. The dream for him is to continue to play and get back uh, to a second Super Bowl. That was an, an impressive win on the road against, at that point, the last unbeaten team in the NFC in Arizona with no wide receivers. And then he lost Robert Tunyon, his tight end, in the game. That was you know, you, you use the term gritty and gutty a lot. That's exactly what that game was. It, it really was. And smart. Yeah. I think that's, that to me is the other thing is how smart are your coaches? You know, I, I mean, we're going to run the ball. We're going to use our two headed system, you know, from Aaron Jones and from, let's see the cat's name, Dylan. We're going to make sure we give those guys ample opportunity, not only to run the football, but to catch out of the backfield. Um, you know, it it was just artfully game planned, um, and and yeah, you've got the you know arguably the one of the best quarterbacks that's ever played the game. But listen, we don't have the skill outside the numbers that we normally have. So let's go. Let's make sure that we're not hanging out there in seven step drops with guys who aren't getting open. And let's make sure we don't get our quarterback hit. And yeah. again, it takes like when you're game planning, it's mitigating potential disasters and how are we going to how we're going to attack that team I just thought that Matt LaFleur and his staff did an incredible job and then Aaron Rodgers going you know what you're right I know I'm having an MVP type season but you're right this is how we're going to win this game and that's what's most important to me you know all those things about Aaron's disinterested Aaron's selfish Aaron's this Aaron is that that is that is I mean that's a a, a case study on why everything that people wanted to say after week one is completely fabricated and totally false because you have to have a certain amount of humility to go, you know what, you're right. This is how we're going to win this game. We're going to win it on our running backs and short passes underneath. I'm good with that. Uh, and so, again, a huge, a huge on-the-road victory for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. We, we touched on it a little bit, so I don't get too much here, but neither the Cowboys nor the Packers have lost since week one. Uh, right now, which team do you think would be closer to where we think the Rams are? Would it be Dallas or would it be Green Bay? It's a great question. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you're welcome. It's what I do, Mark. Um, I'm going to – gosh, that is that is a tough one for me. It's I, a head-scratcher. Right. I would probably I would probably go with what I saw that Thursday night game. I'd probably go with Green Bay because of your ability to adjust. Although I say that, and then I'm uh, Cooper Rush just won a game for Minnesota. The but you know what it Minnesota, is, Mark. Though, I, I, let, let me explain it to you. I, I think I know. I think I think I know why you're struggling here because I think we all agree Dallas has more talent. But do we really trust the coaching staff? Right, right. That's sort of where it is. Do we really trust yeah. them to get it all, put all the pieces in the right place? I specifically mean the head coach because I think Dan Quinn is doing an amazing job on defense. I, I do too, and I think that uh, you know, I think that you look at. Uh, What's the coordinator, Kellen Moore? Yeah, like he is, he is, he's giving himself an opportunity to to be interviewed as a, as a head coach somewhere. When you go yeah. out and win with your backup quarterback on the final drive, 
Uh, I guess part of me doesn't want to put as much weight as I probably should put on that on that final drive and that offensive performance because Minnesota finds a way to keep everybody in every game. Correct. Like they they just that is what they do. They're like, hey, listen, it's so Minnesota too because the people in Minnesota are so nice, right? It is so yeah. it's so yeah Minnesota. for like, sure. We don't. Yeah, we're not gonna. We don't want to blow you out, or we don't want to win by more than a field goal. So we're gonna keep you in this thing just to keep everybody entertained because it's a it's the cordial thing to do. Welcome to Minnesota. They should be. They should rename themselves from the Vikings to the Cordials. Like we're just cordially, well, cordially Minnesota cordial. to our that's, stadium. That sounds like a good drink at a bar. Have a Minnesota cordial. You'll be good. Yeah, uh, Minnesota the, cordial. The, the Minnesota welcome wagon, maybe. Um, right. Okay, and, and then Mark, the Kansas City Chiefs won a game, so good for them. But they could not have looked less impressive, specifically on offense. And look, through the first six weeks, the the, the Chiefs' offense was fine. It was just the turnovers. They've now sort of been crappy for two games in a row. And I'm going to say something I never thought I'd say, but Mahomes might be part of the problem right now. He needs to calm down, right? I feel like he's running at seven to to borrow an old term that nobody uses anymore. Remember the records you had 78 RPMs, 33 RPMs and 45 RPMs. Well, you know, Mm -hmm. the game plan is at 33 and he's running at 78 right now. Just take a breath. Everybody in Kansas city, the coaching staff, stop the backward flip stuff and the run. Just Run an offense. Take the underneath stuff. Be patient, and they probably blow the Giants out on Monday night. But they're trying all this fancy stuff, and Mahomes is jumping up in the air, throws an interception into the end zone, even though, once again, it was off a receiver's hands. I think they all just need to take a breath and calm down. I completely agree with you. Um, I look at them right now. Frenetic is is the word I feel. Like, they are so they, – they are so they're hyper. pressing – yeah, they're so pressing to be like this almost this greatest show on turf. And look at what we've done over the years. And sometimes you just got to – there's an old song, country song by Neil McCoy. It's called Small Up and Simple Down. Sometimes the best thing you can do is small up and simple down, slow it down a little bit. And, you know, like you said, all the jet sweeps and all the hey, underhand stuff and all the garbage, let's slow down and let's physically just impose our will – you know, we've rebuilt an offensive line. Let's do some things to slow this thing down a bit and get ourselves back into a rhythm. Patrick Mahomes is making too many mistakes. You know, you saw um, you saw uh, Travis put the uh, Travis Kelsey put the ball on the ground. By the um, way, he's not just, right. I, I don't care what anyone says. No. He's not right. You can tell whatever that injury is with his neck. There's no way you can convince me he's not way more hurt than people are telling us. You know, I go back to the Super Bowl with the what I call football hubris. Like yeah. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers said, "Hey, you can run it on us all day long. You can get six yards of carry if you want. Go ahead and do it." And they refused to do it. Last night, when you were watching that game, their safeties are playing it. Mike Trey, their their heels are like at fifteen to twenty yards. Their safeties, like that underneath stuff, that you know the 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 drift routes and the in cutting routes and the basics at 12 to 14 yards, those things would have been wide open all night long. But we're not taking it because you no. know what we do? We push the ball down the field. Yeah, like that's that's what was frustrating to watch it to me is like you got all this room. You know, you got it all use right it. Here. Use it. Use it. They're give they're saying to you, listen, the one thing we're not going to do is give up a 45-yard touchdown or a 60-yard touchdown over the top. So you can take everything else you want. 
And it was like, no, that's not what we do. What we do is this, you know? And how about you know, win just, games? Do that. Right. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, they they won it, but you're right. It it does not look good. It looks like it it looks like it's broken. Well, right now, I mean, they, on their second touchdown of the game, they ran it five straight times. Like I can't remember the last time the Chiefs ran it five straight times, and it worked. I think they ran it three times after that. I love Andy Reid. He's a Hall of Fame coach, in my opinion. It's not even a debate. He's the only guy with 100 wins for two different franchises. But this has been his bugaboo his entire career. Sometimes he completely forgets about the run. And when they ran it last night, they ran it well, they ran it efficiently, but somebody on that staff has got to tell Patrick, take the profits that they're giving you. And I was watching the Manning cast last night. It was great one more time, but they were just saying, all this stuff is open. Why are you trying to run around and throw these 25, 30 yard routes? Take what the defense is giving you and then they'll have to come up and then you can hit the big plays. Right. Just put the juxtaposition of the two things we've just been talking about. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay when everybody's injured and they change kind of the philosophical approach to offense to take advantage of the players that they do have, not the players who aren't there. Yeah. And they end up going to an undefeated team and winning. And then, the you know, juxtapose that with Kansas City. We're going to win the way we want to win. No. Even if you're giving way. us other things, that's not how we want to win. We're going to win the way we want to win. And they've been able to do it for two years. But uh, right now, they're not getting it done. And uh, at some point, you got to make a decision to change your approach. Which sets up a huge game this Sunday, which I'm sure we'll talk about next week on the Chop Shop, as Aaron Rodgers and the Packers go to Arrowhead to take on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll see what happens there. All right, buddy. Always good to chat with you. And again, Mr. Incredible, chef's kiss good this weekend. Yeah. Thank you, my friend. Always great to be on with you. And uh, you know what? Let's let's think about doing it again next week. Sports. <laughs>